Hello there, friends. This is Tea Time with Melissa. I am Coach Melissa, and I am delighted that you've decided to join me today. I hope today for you is going to be a very fulfilling uh, day that you will find yourself um, accomplishing somewhat of your goals and dreams uh, that you have aligned for yourself. But most importantly, I hope you're taking the time to love yourself and to love those around you. So we're going to get started. Tea time with Melissa. I have a very special guest uh, who is the life coach as well. Her name is Laura Kosoff and she is amazing. She's going to give us some information regarding the importance of self-care, self-compassion, and a little bit of her journey with uh, her struggles with fibromyalgia. So I can't wait to get started. Thanks for joining us. Tea time with Melissa. Hang in there. Here we go. This is Tea Time with Melissa. I am so excited that you joined us today. I have a fantastic guest. You guys know how much I love to have my friends on Tea Time having a, a cup of tea with me or even a glass of iced tea with me to talk about some issues that we um, experience in our lives, especially as women, um, you know, facing different uh experiences, challenges, um, life, just life journeys. I'll put it that way. And so I have a great guest today. I am so excited. I call her a friend. Um, we, we met just recently, not too long ago, but I feel like she is definitely someone that I'd like to keep in my circle. And guys, you know how much I talk about managing your circle of influence, which is important for your personal growth and mindset. So this young lady, we are going to bring her on. Laura, are you there? I am, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, truly pleased to be here. Absolutely, Laura. I'm going to give you some time right now just to tell the listeners who you are and what it is that you do. Fantastic. Well, I'm Laura Kossoff. I'm a life coach, a health writer, and my focus is on helping women thrive through transitions and new life chapters and basically living lives that feel authentic and meaningful. Um, I work as an educator and speaker and publisher. Brand is in holistic health. Um, I've worked as a health writer, focusing specifically on fibromyalgia and women's chronic health issues. And like everyone, I'm working virtually these days, and it's really been just a, a joy to be able to connect with people in other cities, states, and even other countries. So as long as we um, are able to coordinate the time zones, it's really been a, a real honor to have the chance to interact with, with over the world absolutely i cannot agree with you more and you are absolutely right about that time zone that could be a little tricky sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and getting it all together working it all out but once we yes. do, it's definitely worth you know worth all of the trouble for sure yeah yeah so laura we we met um kind of interestingly enough um i guess um via LinkedIn and yes. you do your coach, as you stated, mm -hmm. um, focusing on um, helping women primarily yes. um, develop a 
their wonderful self uh, sense of life um, mm -hmm. as they maneuver um, through this, this thing that we call life. Um, so I thought it was very interesting that as we began to talk and communicate how um, specific in some of your specific areas that you focus on, but mm -hmm. overall, how our passion and our drive to help women was so very similar. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think it's really important to have a holistic um, mm -hmm outlook that it's not just on time management or stress management or overcoming procrastination, all things that I'm happy to help with and that I, I love learning about and teaching, but it's really about looking at the whole picture about are we living lives that feel authentic and real and that embody passion and purpose. And I think looking at our health and our relationships and where we live and our sense of community and our sense of honoring our bodies, everything is part of the whole picture. And I think you and I seem to be very similar with that philosophy. Absolutely. And I, I, I love to have my friends on and we talk about how we can empower women. Mm -hmm. um, to live that whole, that sense of authentic and whole life and that it is something that they can do. It's not far-fetched, you know, it's, society wants you to believe that, you know, life has to be lived in a structured and, and sort of um, very, um, in a way that, you know, it has to be, it has to look this way or yeah. it's gonna work or it has to sound this way or it's not gonna right. work. And so I, I was so excited when we connected and you told me about your story. So we're going to jump in there because I know um, the listeners of Tea Time, they, are, they know that I am all about providing um, information and in providing that information and educating. I want to also provide practical tips that mm. they take away from yeah. this time together that's going to help move them in the right direction, in mm -hmm. that the direction of authenticity. I love how you say mm -hmm. that, <laughs> authenticity and um, in a genuine sense. So let me ask you, Laura, um, how long have you been in this role? How long have you had a passion or a delight to help women? Well, you know, it's interesting. In my coaching training, we learned that most of us have been coaching for the majority of our lives, but we weren't calling it coaching. And I think you expressed that to me when we when we spoke, that it's sort of a lifelong journey. Um, I've been working as a health writer for many years and then focused more on women's health and women's chronic health issues. And, and then I got involved um, specifically in getting uh, professional training and coaching. And so that's been more recently, but I was doing coaching for um, the women's health issues previous to getting the, the life coaching um, training. So I think it's it's really been a long, um, a long-standing process and um, I've had my own health issues and that's what really guided me towards becoming a health writer and researcher because I had to research to find answers to my own issues of, of living with fibromyalgia. So I hope that the journey that I've been on has given me um, some extra tools and, and extra qualities that have been strengthened um, to help to help others. Um, I hope that I'm more patient and that I'm kinder and that I'm more compassionate 
and that I have persistence to to find solutions and creative problem solving um, so that people really can find the answers. I, I truly believe that most challenges have solutions. Sometimes it takes a while, but it's really worth it to, to keep going and to continue the process. So I hope that I can help other people's on their own journeys, whatever they may be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and um, thank you for bringing that up and talking about that. I know that when we initially met that, yeah, your journey with um, understanding fibromyalgia and how that impacted you and, and affected you and your life and just um, that being used, maybe I guess we can say as a launching pad for you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, to, to jump into wanting to help women. So in terms of fibromyalgia, um, can you just let the listeners know why that was important for you in terms of using that as a launching pad because you know to be very frank and honest with you um first of all this is an illness that we know i don't know if you know any statistics i probably should have looked them up but how many women in the united states alone suffers with this illness but with that with even with that many women you know they suffer with the illness they learn about it they figure out with their doctor of course how best to live with the illness and then that pretty much is it but what in terms of for you um, sparked that very much deep passion and wanting to help others, um, you know, once they began that journey? Yeah, I think it's a very complicated thing. And unfortunately, there are um, millions of Americans and, and people around the, the world who are living with fibromyalgia and the majority um, of whom are women. And that's why it's it seems to be um, deemed a, a women's health issue. Um, the challenging part of getting a diagnosis is that the symptoms can be um, similar to conditions. So it could be sleep issues or pain or um, memory issues, fibro fog, as, as they call it. Um, and so people are often sent to different practitioners and get lots of tests and they pinpoint what it is, or they may try to um, resolve specific symptoms, but it doesn't really address the whole picture. So it's kind of like seeing the whole umbrella rather than just um, the individual the individual issues. So that's that's why it's challenging to to diagnose. It's often misunderstood. Um, I think with women, often sometimes. Um, physical pain is not always um, taken as seriously, or maybe they're seen as complaining or under stress, and um, it's not always taken as seriously as, um, as it could be. Um, I think for me personally, what I've learned and what um, I really had to come to terms with was understanding that I was not gonna get an instant answer and a clear answer and one magic pill or one magic remedy that was gonna solve it. So I really had to become my own um, health practitioner and my own advocate, my own researcher. And taking my health into my own hands is really something that was an important step that I think a lot of people know they have the ability to do. They're, 
continually looking for the next, um, you know, the next uh, person who's going to be able to give them an exact answer. And it's, it's not always that clear. So I think I've come to see that it's not a one size fits all or a cookie cutter answer. We have to find what works best for us. For one person, it might be sleep issues. For someone else, maybe they had food allergies or someone else may have vitamin deficiencies. Um, it's a very individual process. And I think I take that mindset um, when I'm coaching to really uh, see each person as an individual and really want to understand their story and understand what's true for them and find um, steps that will address the individuality of their experience and their needs. Great. And I'm glad you say that um, because that was actually going to be my next question. To you. <laughs> How has your experience with fibromyalgia, blah, 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 uh, in terms of how it, it has helped you in working with others? So how do you take that approach when you are coaching or teaching someone or training? Um, how do you utilize your experiences with you in terms of your journey with fibromyalgia, use that to catapult in, into a um, coaching relationship or a training environment? Yeah, I think it's really important to look at the whole person and see what's going on in their lives. And it's not just a physical pain in their shoulder, but it's, do they have support in their lives? Do they have a community? Um, how do they get their errands done? How do they do housework if they're in a lot of pain? Who do they have to turn to for support? What kind of creative problem-solving techniques can we use to, to find answers to things that it's not always the um, obvious answer. There's not always one clear uh, remedy. We really have to look at, at the whole picture. How do you get support for your life? Um, how do you keep your mood lifted if you're feeling down? Um, how do you find happiness? How do you prioritize? Um, things like getting enough sleep, getting enough exercise, finding joy, having laughter. What mm. do you like to do that, that make you happy? Um, what is your passion in life? How can you visualize that and, and move towards that? How are you making a difference in the world? And, and really a lot of self-compassion that not judging ourselves by how much we can accomplish in a day. If, if someone has physical health issues and, and limitations, maybe we can't do everything on our to-do list. Maybe we can do three out of 10, maybe five out of 10, maybe one out of 10, but that it's not what we accomplish. It's not just what we can do, but really honoring our soul, our self, and, and seeing that we have value as a human being. And it might take us longer to do something. We might need some help. Um, we might, might need some assistance, but we still are, um, it's very possible uh, to be uh, a happy and contributing member of society and, and really honor our own value. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And I and I appreciate so much the fact that, you know, you talk a lot about um, self-care mm -hmm. and self-compassion. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about how you 
um, take a client on a journey to understanding the importance of self-care and self-compassion. And you mentioned a few things um, just in that little um, response prior to this, but you mentioned a few things, but just kind of some ways that you can get the listeners, um, giving them an idea, again, some practical tips on um, ways, and you talked about, and just to, just to reiterate, but you did already talk about um, allowing yourself some time, giving yourself different permissions to not complete everything all in one, one full swoop, you know, as we, feel like you know we have to check everything off of our list but mm-hmm. yeah so just talk to us about what are some some ways that we can practice self-care and self-compassion yeah i actually do a um a, a complimentary introductory session for anyone who's interested on creating a self-care program for yourself uh, a self-care plan and it really looks at what is rejuvenation Uh, We think about things like a cell phone, we use it for a certain amount of time, and then we charge it because we know it's running low. And we don't always do that for ourselves. And rejuvenation is really anything that makes us whole, that gives us energy, and that kind of fills what's been depleted. Um, Often people think of rejuvenation as expensive spa treatments or or fancy vacations to Caribbean islands, which is lovely and can be part of um, a rejuvenation program if if you do that. But there's some very simple, inexpensive, even free ways to rejuvenate ourselves uh, in our daily lives, mini vacations. Um, It can be getting enough sleep, making sure you take a nap. It could be just deciding what it is that makes you happy. Reading your favorite novel for, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, taking a walk and and smelling the flowers, walking by the water. It could be watching a movie. It could be spending time with a friend or listening to to comedy. Um, Anything that brings us joy, it could be baking or cooking or writing a letter to a loved one or doing something creative, painting or um, whatever brings joy and meaning to someone. Um, could be listening to music. Um, there's so many options and it's, it's really a pleasure for me to help people find what works for them. And um, I then send a, a written follow-up uh, on with a program for them on ideas of how they can incorporate self-care into their lives. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome, Laura. So <laughs> as you talk about self-care, tell me some ways that you love on yourself. Yeah, I love to take walks in the park. I live near a park and I they have the, the flowers are growing now and it smells beautiful and it's near the water and sometimes just stopping and looking at the water and just kind of taking it all in. I, I feel like I'm outside of myself. So any transcendent experiences. Um, I love listening to classical music and jazz. Um, I enjoy baking and I'm often baking uh, for people and for myself. Um, I enjoy being creative and drawing and painting and um, organizing things and spending time with friends is now becoming easier with um, with all that's been going on in our world. So taking a walk or meeting someone um, 
just for a chat or even a Zoom session or a phone call. Um, it's really just anything that um, makes me feel happy. I love stand-up comedy. I, I watch that all the time. <laughs> um, and the work that I do brings me great fulfillment. So it's it's really an honor and, and pleasure to to do the work that I do. So I'm very grateful for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Pouring into others mm. oftentimes is a way that we get to rejuvenate our mm. souls, our spirits, you know, because we are giving out of ourselves. So I absolutely um, agree wholeheartedly with you. You mentioned um, a lot of different ways and um, we as practitioners understand the importance of people getting to know themselves mm -hmm. and um, being aware of what they find that can be rejuvenating to them because for right. everyone that looks different. Exactly. Right. And so, but you mentioned a lot of great, of great ways that um, people can rejuvenate themselves, can mm -hmm. replenish, can, can yeah. have that time to um, pour back into themselves. Mm -hmm. As we, you know, I mentioned a little bit ago how we as women, we um, are often always giving out of ourselves yeah. um, and not really finding um, enough time or energies to pour back in or even feeling that we owe it to ourselves to pour back into ourselves. Right. Um, and so, yeah, many of the, the things that in terms of uh, self-care, things that you love to like to do to love on yourself, Mm -hmm. I love them also. Baking, what's your favorite dish to bake? Uh, well, I love to bake bread. That's my my oh. thing. And muffins. And so it's uh, all the time. I think my neighbors are smelling the baking <laughs> bread in the hallway. And uh, when I, I see people, I often come with a bag of muffins uh, that I've, I've made. So it's uh, it's really it's really fun. I, I love the way the kitchen smells. I love it's very physical and tactile, and you know, with the dough and the ingredients, and it's it's alchemical. It's like magical. It starts with these little dry ingredients, and then you put it in a uh, you know a baking uh, sheet or a, a loaf pan, and um, it turns into something with the heat. It's uh, it's really a a magical uh, process. I love it. Yes, absolutely. And the next time I'm in New York. You're getting some bread. All right. <laughs> I'll send you some. We have to get together for sure. Sounds good. I can always mail some to you, uh, special delivery. <laughs> awesome. That sounds great. And yes, bread does smell so heavenly mm -hmm. in the house. So um, yeah. awesome, awesome, awesome. So can you tell me, Laura, what is your, you talked a lot about, um, you know, having a, you like to come from a holistic approach. Yeah, yeah. What can that look like when you mm -hmm. are helping someone one-on-one? -on -one? How do you start mm -hmm. that whole approach out and um, how does it um, progress? Yeah, I start with an introductory session where we just really look at what the person's goals are and and why they want that. So they see what what is important to them and what is the relevance of it in their lives. Um, studies have shown that when someone knows why something is important to them and it has that value when they've connected with the value of it they're much more likely to be able to move through conflicts and challenges and get to the end of that goal and uh, accomplish it 
um, because they're in touch with why it's so important to them and what it's going to mean. Um, we go into detail as to what it's going to look like and, and why is that important and what values does that represent for you. Um, and then from there, we just go with actionable steps. What's the next action you can take? What are the the next steps? And and the great thing about coaching is that you have someone who you're accountable to each week. And so there's someone who will review, how did that go last week? How was that for you? What happened? And then you see, did you get results from it? Were they positive? Did, they, did nothing happen at all? And then we go from there and we'll tweak it. Do we do another step? Do we just change what we were working on? And to really have someone who listens, who hears, who understands and cares, and is a, a resource and a guide to really help the person get through the steps to reach to reach their goals. It's a, a beautiful experience and, and a really wonderful process to um, to witness. Okay, Laura, yes, I understand that you also specialize in helping your clients with feng shui. Can you tell us about how you do that? What? How do you take that approach to helping your clients? Sure. I love feng shui. It's, um, it's a practice that aligns someone uh, with their environment. So in other words, they're their values and their priorities are represented in their home. So some people think of feng shui as um, moving things around or getting rid of things or reorganizing your space. And, and that's part of it. It's, it's about placement and it's, it's about your, your environment. And, and basically what it is is just allowing there to be an energy flow in your, your home or your work space if you know you have a separate office just so that you can live in harmony with with yourself and that there's a balance and it's believed to increase health and happiness prosperity and and positive relationships and um, if i do a feng shui consultation with someone we see what their um what their values and priorities are i certainly incorporate it into my coaching um, as well and just see how can they um, alter their environment to uh, support their dreams. So it could be decreasing clutter, just getting rid of things that no longer work for them, donating them, recycling them, giving them away to someone. If something's really broken and, and beyond repair, then just releasing it and letting it go. Um, and then bringing in things that, um, that bring joy, that honor our truest selves and priorities. Um, if someone wants to write a novel, how does their, how can we set up their space so that they can have room to write? What do they need to inspire them? If someone uh, wants to do more cooking, well, how can they organize their kitchen to really um, support that and uh, make that possible? And um, I've, I do feng shui in my own, my own space, and I really notice such a difference when I, um, when the energy is flowing because I've, I've let go of things that are, are no longer serving. And um, people may hear about feng shui from um, Marie Kondo, who's written books and, and does a lot of work on feng shui. Um, she often says that we should only have things that spark joy. And I really like that because it really, our environment affects us and it should support us and support our dreams. Um, so it's really about 
making choices, um, releasing what is no longer serving and enhancing what will be supportive. Okay, so Laura, um, and I'm going to ask you, so, you know, in this business, as a coach, we find, and I'm sure you have found in the clients that you serve, um, I've found, especially over the last few years since we've deal been dealing with um, COVID-19 and the pandemic, mm -hmm. there has seemed to have been a heightened, um, heightened awareness of um, health, mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, we are just coming off of Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. um, anxiety, um, you know, that's the, just the pressure that people are feeling now. Do you find in your area of expertise as a coach um, where anxiety has been um, almost overwhelming to your clients? And if so, how have you been able to help some of your clients with that? Yeah, I think we've gone through so many changes and whether it's changes in jobs and and work um, or family structures, people are at home with their kids or they're more involved in their schooling or they don't have a separate office to go to or they and their spouse are now in the, the same space all day. And um, <laughs> there are a lot of, yeah, their relationship and work issues. And I think if anything, it's given people the opportunity to really um, clarify what it is that they need and kind of rethink what are they doing and what are their goals. And um, I, my belief is that people are looking for meaning and some, some people are saying, I don't want to be doing things the way I've always done things. It's like a, a reset button um, where they can really look at how do they want to create their life going forward. And um, I see that people are really looking for purpose and an opportunity to honor their humanity, uh, to be out in nature more, to cook more, to bake more, to talk to people. Um, we see how important human relationships are. We're not um, individuals who can subsist on our own. We're interdependent. We, uh, we need other people, they need us. And it's uh, really been, um, I guess the silver lining is, is seeing um, how important um, people's uh, true values are and what they really want in life. And I think that um, people are taking the opportunity now to really try to create authentic, meaningful, purposeful lives. So there's been, there's been the chance to, to really do that, to rethink it and to put that into action. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, Laura, it's, it's been such a pleasure. It always is such a pleasure. Mm -hmm. to talk to you. um, your, I can just really feel your genuineness and the, um, your heart. I just put it that way. Your heart, when you talk about, um, helping, helping other humans. Um, and that's what I feel that we've been placed here to do is to help each other. What if you had one thing that you could tell the listeners right now, if you had one thing that you can tell them to encourage them, what would that be? I think it's to be hopeful, to um, really trust in um, in the goodness of, um, of the world, of other people, to see other people's greatness, uh, to see the possibilities that are available, 
um, and to really um, love life and to honor other people and to just take time each day to have gratitude and joy and express that in every encounter we have with a, another person. Absolutely. That sounds wonderful. And we have to we have to remember that we are all on this earth together, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and that we have to find a way to live so that we are loving not just each other, but we're loving ourselves. Yes. The more that we love ourselves, the better human we can be for others, I believe. Yeah. That sounds, that's great. So look, Laura, I want you not to leave here without telling the listeners how they can get in touch with you. Great. Well, um, my website is bloominglifepossibilities.com. Um, the fibromyalgia work is on fibrohealingsolutions.com. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and I'm always happy to talk with people about um, these issues. You don't have to book a session or anything. If you'd like to just email, I'm happy to, to send information if that can be helpful. And uh, it really feels like my, my purpose to be doing this work. And it's really um, a privilege. And, and thank you so much, Melissa, for, for having me. It's, it's really been a, a pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you so much. It's, it's been completely my pleasure. Um, thank you so much for giving me your probably very busy. Um, but so thank you for, for allowing me this time to just kind of dive in a little bit more. And hopefully our listeners got enough out of it so that they will go and research you a little bit more and look you up and see. And guys, she is when she says she will be happy to send you things, information. She just wants to help. She will do that. Um, she, I love connecting with practitioners who, um, yes, they have a business in helping people, but they have not forgotten where they came from and what um, they have been um, privy to in terms of education and information and, and allowing that information to be shared without there being a high price that you have to pay for it. So, so I, I'm just grateful for Laura. I'm grateful for you, Laura, for taking this kind of time, like I said, to, to talk with me and to tell our listeners um, about what you do. And I'm sure that hopefully they will be reaching out and looking on your website. Um, give us your website once more. Sure. It's bloominglifepossibilities.com. All one word. Dot com. Awesome. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Laura. Thank I you. <laughs> great, fantastic rest of your week. You too. Um, and listeners, thank you for joining us. This is Tea Time with Melissa. I love you. Peace. <laughs>